Today we're giving you more behavior management tips. Hey everyone, Kaylee and Lane here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pre-K Teacher Family. This is a podcast for all things Pre-K Teacher, behavior management strategies, time-saving tips, advice from teachers, and high-quality resources. If you need it, we're talking about it. We'll be bringing you new episodes every Friday. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Let's not waste any more of your time, teachers. Buckle up. This is going to be fun. Hey, Lane. Hey, Kaylee. Are you ready for this? I think so. Okay, good. Let's do it. All right. Okay, so thank you for coming, tuning in for another episode of the Pre-K Teacher Family. This episode might be slightly delayed because Lane's got sick kids, right? Yes, it's been a very long day. We've got some high fevers, some strep throat action going on. Oh, so, no. Yep, yep. We're, they're in bed now, so hopefully they'll wake up feeling better. Okay. But yeah, sorry about that, everybody. Life is happening. Life is happening. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Today's episode is going to be part one of a two-part series that will give you seven behavior management strategies to help turn things around in your classroom. First, we want to take a second to read a review from iTunes. Okay. This review is from Marty. She says, finally, a couple of pre-K teachers who get it. They understand the ins and outs and struggles with teaching these wonderful little humans. Thanks for being real, ladies. Thank you, Marty. Thanks, Marty. <laughs> Again, we want to remind you that the biggest way you can help us out to get our podcast to more teachers is by leaving us a review. If you do, please screenshot it and send it to us. We love reading our reviews and we want to personally thank everyone that's taken time to leave them for us. Yes. Okay, so today is a pretty exciting episode. We're going to give you lots of ideas for behaviors that you're probably seeing in your classroom. Do you have kids who are super impatient? Kids who have trouble sharing no matter what you've tried? Do you have trouble getting your kids' attention when they get too loud? Do you find your kids to be unmotivated to make good choices? Do you cringe when you have to walk your kids across the building because they have such a hard time walking in line? Do some of your kids give up easily or have trouble trying when things get a little hard? Do you keep reminding kids of the same expectations over and over, but they're still having trouble? Do you wish you had a fun way to bring attention to positive behaviors that didn't take a lot of time or effort? Are there certain behaviors you'd like to improve on with your students, but you haven't found a fun way to make the behavior stick, like using their own words instead of tattling? And finally, sometimes kids are misbehaving and their choices need to be addressed, but you don't want to stay too much and you can't just ignore them, but you're not trying to get on a train to negative town. There's a fine line to walk here, teachers, but we have the strategy for you to try that will keep things positive, but will address those negative choices kids sometimes make. Yeah, these can be tough to deal with, but we have lots of ideas for you. Okay, I'm very excited about this episode. I start with one and I just keep getting more and more excited to tell you more and more things about it. (laughs) And I just think a lot of teachers are going to find this two-part series helpful in one way or another. 
for sure. So we are going to be sharing seven awesome strategies that are going to help you get and keep control of those little munchkins. Some of, <laughs> some of these may be ideas you've heard from us before, but we might give you a fresh new idea on how to use it. Yep. Okay. Let's do it, Lane. What's number one? Okay. So number one, dun, 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 sticker <laughs> charts. <laughs> so do you find your kids to be unmotivated to make good choices? Do you find that just narrating good behaviors is not powerful enough to change the behavior of kids who aren't making good choices? And do you wish you had a fun way to bring attention to positive behaviors that didn't take a lot of time or effort? Well, you need to try our sticker charts. That's right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Here's what the sticker charts are. They're just a four by six or five by seven piece of paper. At the beginning of the year, they start out white and then they go through the colors of the rainbow. So after their white sticker chart is completed, then they get a red one and then an orange one and then a yellow one and then a green one, blue, purple, pink, and then a silver, gold. And then I just use pattern paper after they've completed all those. Every child has a sticker chart and the color doesn't matter. It just signifies the progression like they're getting somewhere. I got this idea from whole brain teaching. And a lot of times teachers would add words to the levels. Like sometimes they could correspond with baseball. The first white sticker chart would be rookie, and then the next one would be learner, and then the orange one could be leader, and then the yellow one could be captain, and then the green one could be rising star, blue could be pro, purple could be expert, pink could be genius, and then superstar could be silver, and gold could be legend. Our kids nice. are <laughs> I like our that. kids are very little and might not totally get this, but it's a fun way to throw in some new vocabulary words. Always looking for a teachable moment. Yes. So, so that first white sticker chart has their name at the top, or you could write the baseball term rookie or beginner, however you want to do it. But I always put a little tiny square picture of them in the top right corner. And then there's 10 black dots that we just draw at random with a Sharpie. And then they put 10 stickers on each chart. And then that chart is considered filled. We'll talk about filled sticker charts in just a second. So you can prep this for the whole year in one sitting. You can cut up the pieces of paper, 16 white, 16 red, 16 orange, etc. How many, however many kids you have. And then I would use a large pocket chart with clips to spread out the sticker charts. And I'd have all the rest of them stacked up in their colors, ready to go for when a child fills their sticker chart. I would just pull one of the red ones once they're done with white. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yep. So then... Um, you know, they're moving up in order and they, they catch on to the system pretty quickly. I will share some pictures on my Instagram of our sticker charts. Yeah, I think once people see the picture of it, it's going to be pretty crystal clear. Yeah, it's on like more how simple than I'm to, making it. Right. It is. It is simple and totally doable and total. And you can. Yeah. Just like you said, prepare it all it's at one time. Of paper. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, so you want to be able to react to things that your kids are doing and you want to mainly focus on reacting positively to their positive actions. So as soon as you start correcting and going to that negative town, then you're going to start seeing more negative things. But whenever you can find a strategy to help to point out the positive things, then that snowballs as well. And you'll see, oh, now they're catching on and they're doing the positive things that I want to see. My favorite way to get that kind of snowball rolling is by using stickers to react constantly to what kids are doing in a positive way. So you say, oh, wow, look at you. I'm putting a sticker on your shirt. Yeah. Okay. So 
But once you put stickers on a kid's shirt, they love to put it on their hands and their face (laughs) and their shoe. And how do you keep the stickers from ending up on the furniture all over the place? So here's how I handle that. Right at the beginning of the year or whenever you start introducing this, I give them, well, I, I model it. So I would give them a sticker and I have them put it on their hand and their face and their shirt and then stick it back on their hand and then on their face. And I model that for them too. I'm sticking it on my forehead and then I'm putting it on my hand and then I'm putting it back on my shirt. So it's not very sticky anymore. And then I model for them how I go to put it on my sticker chart and dun, dun, dun. We got a a problem. And I actually model for them how it falls off the sticker chart. And I, yeah, I very seriously explain to them that if your sticker doesn't stick to your sticker chart, it doesn't count for you. And so once you get a sticker on your shirt, you do not touch it. You leave it right there because you want to make sure that sticker stays on, gets on your sticker chart and stays on it. Yeah, that's a hard but valuable little lesson. So, and then, okay. Yeah, they stop doing it after that. Yeah, for sure. Once they don't get to put it on there. So that's a great idea. Um, so you got to make sure kids see what will happen to effectively deter them from sticking the stickers everywhere. (laughs) I like that idea. But Kaylee, what happens when they fill up their sticker chart? Is there another complicated thing for teachers to keep track of or spend money on? Great question. And the answer is no. (laughs) This product, or no, this doesn't have to be a big production. So you can make the options that you choose after you fill your sticker chart, whatever you want them to be. It's not a prize box. Let me make that very clear. So when I would have my students fill their sticker charts, they would usually have three options to pick from. The first option would be they could choose a paper airplane, which they would get to take home and enjoy for the most part. There would be a few days where I would let them take them on the playground. But for the most part, it's just great. You filled your sticker chart. Have fun with this. Take it home. Show your family. Celebrate together. We do the sticker charts at the end of the day on Fridays, like the last 20 minutes. I would usually play videos or play a read aloud on the screen and call kids up and ask what they wanted for their sticker charts if theirs were full. Not everyone's sticker chart was filled at the same time, and that's okay. In the beginning, you want them to be excited and respond to the stickers, so I would give them more often. So in the beginning, you're constantly giving out stickers, and maybe they would all fill their sticker charts within the first two or three days just so they're excited about they realize what they're working for. And then maybe you'd spend 20 minutes two days of that first week to let the kids turn in their sticker charts. It doesn't have to take a long time. And then I would always write the date on the back and write what the kids picked for their sticker chart. So I would write three, one, airplane. And then I would go back and put their sticker charts into their scrapbooks. And they love looking back and saying, what did I pick for this one? And their parent (laughs) can read it. March 4th, Lane filled her sticker chart and chose a paper airplane. So back to the paper airplanes. But wait. Uh, I can't make a paper airplane. So what, what do you do? Great question. I don't know how to make them either. Oh, you don't? No. I would ask parent volunteers to make us a bunch of these at the beginning of the year. And there are a lot of parents that love doing this or older brothers that take pride in making us some cool paper airplanes because I can't make them. I'm terrible at making them. But I would always have families that would help me out here. At first, I started sending home cardstock for parents to make paper airplanes for us. Shows how much I know about paper airplanes. That cardstock is not (laughs) ideal. It's too heavy. It doesn't fly as well. But I just thought, oh, this is very heavy-duty stuff to send home with them. But I realized normal printer paper was better. So 
I would send home 10 or 20 sheets of different colored printer paper. And I would just say, whenever you get these done, you know, send them back in. And they'd bring me a bag of paper airplanes. And sometimes I would let kids decorate a few of them by putting stickers on them. And then, you know, they would just go into a big bag that I would have by my little spot at circle time for kids to choose from when they would fill their sticker charts if if they picked an airplane. I love that idea. I always had parents wanting to help out, but, you know... I never had anything for them to do at home. So that's a yep, perfect yep. at home activity. I love that. Okay. Sometimes so they kids- get fancy and make like multiple kinds. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, this is going to be I the one that everybody wants. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, I, I remember y'all throwing these out on the playground, actually. <laughs> uh, so kids would get to take home their paper airplanes and they show their family And it's still a very simple thing, but they loved getting to take it home and show their family. You will see that families will react in a big way to the sticker chart. They love hearing about great things that happen at school. Yeah, it's a big deal when when they open the door or when we open the door at the end of the day and the parents are standing there and the kids are able to say, I found my sticker chart. Like (laughs) they they celebrate together and it's a big deal. So the next thing in the most popular Oh, yeah. So this is the most popular reward that kids would pick for filling their sticker charts. And it's face paint. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. No, I'm not this. an artist. If you don't already know, I, I cannot paint anything. They would come up requesting things and I would just tell every kid, you get a flower. You can pick <laughs> <laughs> No Batman. I can't do mermaids. But you can pick two colors that you want in your flower because that's all I can paint. And <laughs> by painting a flower, I mean I put a circle in the middle of their cheek and then I put circles around the circle. And we say, yeah. that's a flower. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> you guys would be surprised. They go nuts for this. Mm-hmm. I just use normal paint. I'm going to put a picture of it um, on my Instagram because it's, you know what I'm talking about, Lane? It comes oh, in yeah. like three, um, three like pieces and they're tiny little containers that are connected. Isn't it like tempera paint? I, I think like, so. It's, yeah. I think it's Crayola and it's just, it's kind of like watered a little bit. But yeah, I think it's little just tiny like containers you pop them over and there's a lot of different yep. colors. And, yeah, it's uh, easy. Yeah. It's like $3 yeah. for a big yep. thing of that. And mm-hmm. then you seal them real tight and they don't they don't dry out. So that's the ones I would use. One year, this is hilarious. I had a home visit and I had a parent show me just like a normal watercolor tray and she was like, "Isn't this what you use to paint their faces?" My son oh, told God. me <laughs> that this is what you use to paint his face. She's like, I painted his entire face oh, with this. No. She goes, actually, it was the day before picture day. And she's like, I couldn't get the paint off. I was scrubbing his face in the bathtub. <laughs> oh, no. There was still a little bit of blue on his face for picture day. Did you notice it? And I was like, that is not the paint that I use. It's like, like your food your coloring kid your is face. not telling the truth. I cannot believe you would just, oh, okay, this is what she used. That's so, right. So I- not normal watercolors. I'm going to put a picture of the kind that I use. Yeah, I loved, yeah, I loved when you did the face painting. Uh, I think we'd always, you'd always, I'd always make you do my face. And we remember when we'd do it like for the big events, like the parties. Yes, Valentine's Day or anytime there was a big celebration, it would be like, God, the whole class unites when you can paint everyone's face. I think I would just usually do dots. I would just do dots of color. (laughs) Did we ever put glitter? Did we do glitter? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. so. I would usually put like loose glitter on mine, but then for theirs, I would use like a glitter glue where it's okay. not going to be like loose. And their eyes. That are going, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good, so good I tip. would just do like a very small little dot because some of them are rubbing it off. But yeah, I never had a problem with it, but they love that face paint. And that comes off super easy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Just like it a like wet peels wet, off. Say. Yeah. 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 Okay. And the last reward they can choose is nail painting. And this is one you might be up for or you might want to leave out because there's that potential that a boy will choose painting the nails. In the beginning, I thought I had a backup plan for boys who wanted to pick the nail painting. I said that I would trace their hands on paper and let them paint the nails of that tracing. But immediately I had parents that said, if my son chooses to have his nails painted, paint them. And I said, okay. That's if great. this is getting yeah. too controversial for you, leave it <laughs> off as an option. It's not a big deal. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. I probably had two or three boys over the seven years of teaching that chose to have their nails painted. It felt a little odd at first, but it ain't no thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the girls loved it. So, I mean, if a boy wants his nails painted, do it. Yeah. My son's too, and he always wants his nails painted. So, yeah. <laughs> I think just because his big sister does, but yeah. Yes. It's not a big deal. So, Okay, so the, the sticker charts are very motivating for students, and this is also a good way to connect with families because when they fill their sticker chart, that's the first thing they're going to tell their family after school. And you will see that it lights up the faces of the parents too, and they love to see their kid. Um, they love to see that their kid is feeling successful and they're having a good time at school. And not to mention all the good fine motor peeling off those little stickers and putting yep. them on their charts. <laughs> yep. Stickers are easy. Kids love stickers. We love stickers. Sticker charts are just an all-around great idea for pre-K age students. I would cut up sticker sheets into sections of like five or six stickers, and then I would hole punch them and put them on a key ring and attach them to my apron. And I'd have stickers right on my hip, ready to go whenever I needed to point out a great behavior. And another great thing about stickers is that if your students are having trouble during specials, this is an easy system to pass off to the art teacher, the PE teacher, or whoever they go to. Tell them to throw out a few stickers and you'll make a, a big deal about it after specials. And then when you get back to the classroom, you can call them up one at a time to put the stickers on their charts and give them a big high five. Yes. Another side note, you want to designate a time for kids to put stickers onto their chart. Otherwise, you'll have kids walking up to their sticker charts constantly. I would usually have them keep their stickers on their shirt until the end of the day. And then before I'd send them back to get their backpack, I would have them put their stickers on their charts. Or as I read them a story at the end of the day, I would signal silently to each of them one at a time to go put their stickers on their chart and come sit back down. Yeah, nice. So also, um, because the charts have 10 dots on them, you can make this into a math lesson. How many stickers do you have? How many more do you need to get to 10? Count how many you have. Show me that many on your fingers. How many dots do you have left? Just yes. great. A little math. math skills. Okay. So I think uh -huh, that's about it, it for the sticker chart strategy. Uh, what is number two, Lane? Oh, it's <laughs> number two is a good one. The smelly spots. <laughs> You're like, what? Smelly spots? What? Um, okay. So do you cringe when you have to walk your kids across the building because they have such a hard time walking in line? Are you saying a little prayer before you leave the classroom in hopes no kids have meltdown, meltdowns in the hall or crossing your fingers getting to the lunchroom won't take 20 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> God, that's half your lunch right there or more. Do you have some kids who benefit from sensory experiences? If you have not used smelly spots yet, you are in for a real treat. Yeah, you are. So smelly spots are just chapstick that smell good. 
And you can use them by putting a dot on the back of your child's hand for them to smell that delicious smell. The amount of joy this little smelly spot brings to a student is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a simple and quick thing that it could, that could make them so happy. And it makes adults happy. For last year, for St. Patrick's Day, we had the leprechauns leave us a whole new thing of smelly spots, which is just a lip smackers kit of tons of the most delicious smelling lip smackers like from my childhood i think my favorite used to be strawberry kiwi comet and it was like pink and sparkly (laughs) i don't know if they make that one anymore but the kids had so much fun with me as i opened each one and said oh my god it's kiwi we got kiwi or it's vanilla (laughs) or chocolate chip mango and then i would give them a chance to smell that chapstick and then Throughout the day, as I would say which one I was going to use, you know, we're walking to specials now. I'm going to use the mango one. Are you ready? This one's going to be really great. And then you go around once you get to the specials and just put a dot quickly on their hand and they just stand there and smell it and they love it. Yeah. Let me tell you, my daughter is obsessed with lip smackers (laughs) and I'm pretty sure she's making my son addicted to. Um, You know, smelly spots are such a simple thing to throw in throughout the day that it's not a huge disruption, but it's a huge reward for the child because they can continue to smell that delicious smell and it stimulates their senses and it just makes them feel so good. Invest in some smelly spots and start seeing how quickly you can motivate your students to earn one. I could easily motivate my whole class to walk nicely all the way to specials, knowing that they would get a smelly spot when we got there and I would always keep my smelly spots in a little key ring and hang them off my apron. P.S. If you're not wearing an apron every day, it's time to step your teacher game up. We'll do a future episode (laughs) about this, but I also have a funny YouTube video that I made explaining why I wear an apron. And if you haven't checked it out, I will put it in the show notes. They're awesome. Okay. So, and also just a funny little story about um, smelly spots. So my daughter, Scout, she doesn't care for public restrooms at all because of the smell. And so we were recently going on a a road trip and I was actually really worried because um, I was worried she wouldn't use the bathroom uh, because she hates the smell that much. So then I remembered, ah, smelly spots. And it worked like a charm. I would just put the little lip smackers on her hand before we went in and she would literally put her nose to her hand the whole time we were in there, (laughs) just breathing in that smell. And we had no problems. It worked like a charm. And then also, yeah, um, my, I, I think my family has like a weird thing with not good smells because my nephew has a new little buddy and he invited him over to play and the mom was going to take him home in his car. And my sister said my nephew was so worried about going in the car because he thought it might smell weird or stinky. So my sister stuffed a little bandana in his backpack with smelly spots on it and he smelled it on the car ride home and it worked perfectly. That is so hilarious. there's, I know there's lots of good little, um, it just help. Things. It just smells good. It, brings, yes. it makes people happy. Yes. Kids love getting to smell sweet smells. They do. What's next on the list lane. Okay. Number three, magic sprays. <laughs> so do you have kids who are super impatient? Kids who have trouble sharing no matter what you've tried? Do some of your kids give up easily, have trouble trying when things are getting hard? Well, I'm going to tell you how to fix this. And this is with magic sprays. 
Magic sprays are just tiny spray bottles that usually look really pretty in different colors, and you can decide what spray bottle has what magic power. They are bottles that are filled with mostly water, and then you add in a drop or two of perfume or an essential oil or anything with some kind of a scent. I'm talking a very faint scent. One drop in a whole thing of water. It's not overwhelming. It's not like spraying perfume all over the kids. <laughs> I had several magic sprays. I would tell the kids that these were very expensive and that I spent my own money to buy them. I don't know why, but hearing that they were expensive <laughs> gets the kids excited and they feel like it's very special. One of them was a smart spray. I put a little picture on it of a kid having a light bulb moment and I wrote smart spray. And the kids knew that if something was really hard, they might need a spray of smart spray to help take care of this, to help them out. Another kind was friendship spray. So if you have two kids having trouble sharing or forgetting to use the magical phrase, can I use that when you're done, or having other problems during center time, you can stop them and say, hold on little buddy, looks like you might need a spray of friendship spray. That will help you to try this again and do it right. I love that. Um, and what's so special about any kind of spray is that it removes the shame part of the situation. So without the spray, a kid grabs a toy and you go over and say, oh, no, that's not how we do it. We don't grab a toy. And right away, their face kind of drops and they feel, you know, kind of sad, like I did something I wasn't supposed to. But when you can flip it and say, hey, little buddy, I noticed that you grabbed a toy and I think we should try some friendship spray. For whatever reason, they don't feel like, ah, dang it, I messed up. They're quicker to see it as an opportunity to grow and to do better, which is very important for such little kids. It removes them from the bad choice and gives them a chance to try it again, which is the most important part. Because it's just the fact of life that young children aren't always sure what to do or don't always make the right decision. So giving, giving them a chance to do it again will help them to learn how to do it better in the future. You don't need the shaming part of the lesson for it to stick. Then another awesome one we have is calm spray. So I would introduce this to the whole group saying, okay, we got a new spray here. This is a very special one. It's called calm spray. And on it, there was a picture of a little kid doing yoga, like very relaxed. <laughs> and I would tell them, when you get this spray, you have to breathe it in very deeply and it will calm your body. It's pretty amazing. Very expensive. And then I would go around and give each kid a spray. And you have to make sure that the sprayer is on the high mist, not like a powerful stream spray. You just want the light mist. I'll put a link yeah. in the show notes for the little bottles that I got off of Amazon that were perfect. I didn't pass off the job right away to letting kids spray because you're just opening up a can of worms right there. I would sometimes ask them to go get the spray for me, but I was always the one to spray it. And I would always make sure that I was spraying it up in front of them so they kind of like lean into the mist. And then, you know, automatically they take a breath, which taking a deep breath alone is a calming action for them. So the sprays are beneficial in multiple ways. For other uses, if you have a nap time in your classroom... I would have a naptime spray that was like a blue bottle with water inside and I would add silver glitter into it so it looked really, really, really special. And I would have them and I would tell them that this is expensive, fancy spray and it helps you to get ready for nap time. So I would have them all set up their mats and I would come around and 
I would tuck each of them in and I would check on them and say, do you want a spray of nap time spray? And they would almost always say yes. And I would spray it up in the air and they would just lay there calmly breathing, relaxing their bodies. It was super helpful <laughs> getting the kids ready for nap time in that part of the day. Yeah. Uh, the sprays are magical. They really are. And I feel like you can make a spray for almost anything. I remember we created like a healing spray too. This you is know when so kids, awesome. <laughs> you know when kids get upset like over little things and you want to validate their feelings, but you also can't stop teaching like 500 times a day for every little tiny issue. So this was an easy way to validate their issue without having to completely stop a lesson. It's kind of like, I see you. I want to acknowledge your struggle right now. Here's a spray of healing spray. I would also use this um, like for the excessive crying that comes after a fall or any mishap. You know, when kids get a little scrape and you've given hugs mm -hmm. and you've put a Band-Aid. Yeah, you've put a Band-Aid on it and you've showed them, you've shown them empathy and they still keep crying. Well, this is a perfect, another perfect time it's for magic healing and it's spray. Expensive. That's right. That's and right. Expensive. <laughs> That's right. And you just kind of say like, oh, no, I know you hurt your knee. And I can see that the Band-Aid and my hug haven't done the trick. Let me try some healing spray. <laughs> it helps you feel better and calm down. And I usually say something like, you know, close your eyes and then I'll say okay we're gonna say abracadabra alakazoo make you know whatever kid's name scout feel better with this spray from me to you poof and spray yay done and done and that usually works that is so awesome and also <laughs> the sprays work because kids think it's giving them something that they didn't have before so it's yeah. giving them control to wait or it's giving them smart power that they didn't have before so now they might be able to do the puzzle even though they couldn't right. do it before so right it's and that's just, all within yeah. them yeah <laughs> uh, i love it, it. Uh, the healing spray is similar to why i wore the apron every day so i could easily access my band-aids make sure to check out my youtube video on that i think you'll appreciate it <laughs> was that your first youtube yeah, one my first i love that one it was a good one <laughs> yeah Okay, one last thing. You can make the magic sprays look special by adding drops of food coloring or a little fine glitter. But don't go overboard with the glitter because it can clog the spray. But a little twinkle should be okay. Again, I have a link to the bottles I use in the show notes. Okay, so this is where we're going to stop our list for today's episode. Next week, we'll be giving you four more ideas. Make sure that you're subscribed in case we release it early. Hint, hint. And I want to end with a quick update about the pre-K teacher family. We've started partnering with teachers that have their own TPT shops. So shout out to Ashley with the pre-K day. You can find her on Instagram and Rachel with engaging early learners. They are the first two teachers that I've reached out to and they were both happy to share some of their documents with us. So you can see the folders are growing and we're going to keep reaching out to awesome TPT creators out there to expand our resource base. Remember, if you use our promo code, which is the word podcast, you get 30% off your membership to the Pre-K Teacher family. The months are flying by. Give yourself a break. Let us support you. Visit my website to join today, triedandtrueteacher.com. Triedandtrueteacher.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye.